0: Hello, my loves, and welcome to Shots of Serenity, where you can find dope conversations and a peace of mind. This podcast is not meant to be a replacement for counseling or psychotherapy. I encourage each and every one of you to seek out a licensed helping professional as you see fit. This podcast was established as a safe space to continue the conversation of mental health and all of its manifestations now let's get into it hey guys and welcome back to another episode of shots of serenity I just want to say happy uh, belated holidays. <laughs> so whatever you celebrate or you and your family celebrate, I hope that you guys had a wonderful holidays. I hope you guys had fun. I hope you guys, you know, kind of was able to relax and enjoy each other's presence, especially in 2020 with everything going on in life in general, because as we all know, life can throw some curveballs at you. But I think it's very important that during these times, you know, we're thankful for what we have. We're thankful for seeing another year and just thankful for those around us. So I know I said I'm going to do a little check-in. I have been doing really well. Like I told you guys last episode, school hasn't started yet. It's about to start back soon, but uh, this break was relieving it was refreshing, and it was most definitely needed. Um, I felt like I was just on ten, and during this break, I was able to sleep in, relax, pay attention um, to you know my mental, what I have going on, spend some quality time with Bay because obviously we live together, but I feel like we're always in and out. Either at work doing something, when we're finally home, we eat and we go to sleep. Um, so yeah, that's how I that's how I've been doing. I am still on the 14-day challenge, the Chloe Ting, I think Chloe Ting (laughs) challenge that I told you guys about last week. Um, It honestly has been a little difficult, but nothing that is worth it comes easy. So um, it's been a wonderful experience um, so far. And yeah, so let's get into why you guys are here today. So last week, I kind of dropped a little hint that I have something special coming in January, which I do. So I'm going to reveal what that is. It may not be that special to you guys, but I think it's very important, especially as someone that is trying to become a part of the helping professionals, someone that's advocating for mental health, someone that advocates for um, people to seek counseling just on a normal basis when they can. So I thought it was really important to bring this series along. This series is technically just talking about the various helping professionals. You know, what they are, when they're needed, what they do, their credentials, and so forth. So I thought a cool way of doing this would to bring on some people that are either established in these helping professionals or people like me from my cohort and other cohort and walks of life that I've encountered that are in school right now, whether that be getting their master's or currently applying for licensure for any one of these helping professions. I think it's very important to identify what these helping professionals really do and kind of things that one or us as clients in a sense should look for when seeking out a helping profession. So first, I think it's important to define what a helping profession is. I think I say it a lot, but, you know, there are some people that may not know what it is. So a helping profession is obviously a professional (laughs) or a profession that caters to the growth and the progression of an individual, and that would be, like, by addressing any existing problems, past problems, or... Providing resources and other preventative care to prevent, you know, future problems. These helping professionals specifically that I'll be talking about are going to be more in the psychological realm, the intellectual, emotional, and overall well-being. So obviously, I don't know everybody in the helping profession. But I thought it would be really cool to kind of hone in on a couple of them for other people that are aspiring to join the helping profession or again us and I say us because I've been a client before and other individuals that are trying to seek out help from these people so the way the series will go is for the month of January and so far I've been having a couple of good guests and it may spill off until February but you'll just have to stay tuned for that For the month of January, I'm going to be interviewing some close friends, possibly family members, either past coworkers, again, people from my cohort, and just kind of talking about, you know, why they decided to join the helping profession. What differentiates their specialization compared to someone else? So, for example, how do I know as a client that I need to see a licensed mental health counselor as opposed to a marriage family therapist? Or when do I know when to go to a social worker or psychiatrist? So I thought a pretty cool innovative way to do that is to, you know, interview these people that are established or, you know, in training. But before we do that, you know, I want to give some background information. So we already talked about what a helping professional is So let's kind of talk about some of the various helping professionals and what they do and what their job description entails. So in the beginning of the semester, um, we, and when I say we, (laughs) myself and individuals in my cohort, we took a class entitled Foundations of Mental Health Counseling. So what I found really interesting in this class that our professor went above and beyond to do is kind of highlight allied professionals in the helping the helping realm. Um and I thought that was very important because individuals like myself, honestly, was kind of ignorant to the fact that they're social workers that can, you know, consult, that can provide therapy, that can do things like that. Um, so I thought it was very cool that we had a whole three hour discussion about the various helping professions, what they do, their credentials and stuff like that. So obviously, I'm not going to go too in depth to bore you guys. And also, I'm not a teacher. So there's that. <laughs> but what I am going to do is kind of go through the chart that we use so one this chart you can find in one of our textbooks so I do kind of want to give those resources one because I just I think that's the correct thing to do (laughs) and of course provide it as a resource for anybody that's interested so it was a table (laughs) in this book and the book is entitled foundations for clinical mental health counseling an introduction to the profession. So this textbook was written by Mark X. Jarek. So I said some of these earlier but the different helping professions or at least the ones that we're going to focus on are psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, mental or clinical mental health counselors, and Marriage and Family Therapist. I kind of want to give this disclaimer, and I don't want to go too in-depth about it um, because it's a whole lot that it entails. When it comes to specific titles, those do vary um, depending on the state. Yeah, <laughs> keep that in mind, and I think that's just the easiest way for me to say it. So, I mean, like, for example, some states consider clinical mental health counselors licensed professionals, and that's their name, or a licensed counselor. So, yeah, that's just a whole lot. <laughs> like, they, that can literally be an entire separate episode. So, I just want to keep that in mind. Some of the interviewees that I will be interviewing will kind of, you know, state what they consider their profession to be, what their degree is in, and so forth. But I did want to go ahead and put that disclaimer in there. So let's get into it. So a psychiatrist. Psychiatrists are normally physicians, so they have a doctorate in medicine. (laughs) Um, So they'll typically have an MD in their name. Um, So they're basically qualified individuals that have a relationship between psychological disorders and physical illness. These are the helping professionals that can give you, you know, basically any medication relating to psychiatric needs, in a sense. So psychiatrists have medical license. They're board certified. Their typical job settings could be, you know, in a medical school or a research institution, private practice, or hospital. Now, most psychiatrists do not do psychological assessments. They really do just focus on you know, prescription and hospital privileges. But again, this does vary from state to state. Another helping profession that I think is very important to point out is an RN. So there are registered nurses, or one would call it psychiatric nurses. So these are nurse practitioners that are obviously licensed, and their job description, again, will vary from state to state. Now, they are also able to prescribe medication like a doctor is, but if I'm not mistaken, they do not do counseling because, you know, they don't have the credentials to do so. The next helping professional that I wanted to talk about is a psychologist. So in a psychology, you can be a clinical psychologist or a counseling psychologist. In that same breath, (laughs) a psychologist can also have their PhD or their PsyD. Now in both of those realms of psychology, both of the psychologists um, are licensed, obviously, board certified. Um, you know, they, they possibly can focus on research, evaluation, um, teaching, conducting experiments, assessments. They can do supervision, therapy, um, so stuff like that. They typically work in like clinics, hospitals, or private practice. Now, I would say with psychologists that they cannot prescribe medication, but I'm probably gonna say this for each helping professional, it does vary from state to state. Some states actually do allow certain um, psychologists to prescribe medications to their client. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and, and obviously, in all of these helping professionals, it can go a bit further into their specialization. So for example, you can be a school psychologist. So school psychologists are the ones that are responsible, you know, for conducting assessments or any testing. So these are going to be individuals in, um, you know, some of your children's home, or if you remember it when you were in school, kind of doing any learning Testing, they work with kids that may have been diagnosed with autism or learning disabilities or ADHD or anything like that. The next helping professional for professionals are the counselors, the clinical mental health counselors. So obviously, these individuals are licensed professional counselors and I don't know if I gave this disclaimer, but all of these helping professionals entail licensure. Now, you can just get a master's in social work or counseling, but in order to do these things such as evaluation, consulting, and all that, you have to go further and get licensed. So, back to the bread and butter. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Back to clinical mental health counselors. They're also considered licensed professional counselors. So their job description is obviously counseling, (laughs) teaching. They can conduct research. They can do evaluations, supervision, case management. One thing counselors cannot do is assessments. So how I gave the example for school counselors, or I'm sorry, excuse me, school psychologists, licensed counselors cannot administer tests. They can evaluate it. They can use it as tools um, in any treatment planning for their clients, but they generally do not administer the test. Licensed professional counselors typically work in counseling centers, um, hospitals, psychiatric hospitals. They may work in academia. They also work in private practice, clinics, and so forth. Counselors cannot prescribe medication and this is at least at the master's level. Now obviously if you become a licensed counselor and you also have your doctorate like I kind of stated earlier you can again do assessments, you can possibly administer medication, prescribe medication, and so forth. The next helping profession is social workers. So social workers and again licensed clinical social workers, their job description is kind of like A clinical mental health counselor as well. They work in administration, do a lot of case management. They can consult or do therapy. They typically work in the same settings as mental health counselors, so a clinic, a hospital, psychiatric hospital. They also work in social service agencies, counseling centers private practice and academia last but certainly not least is the marriage and family therapist this helping profession is also pretty parallel to social work and mental health counselors but again all three of these helping professions are distinct in their own way Marriage and family therapists also assess um, and treat mental illnesses. They typically work in like group settings, couples, families, and group therapy. They work in about the same setting as, you know, everyone else. <laughs> so the hospital, clinics, private practice, academia, and so forth. Now again, very surface level talking about the different professions. I know you guys are probably like, "Um, Jasmine, well, I'm still confused. <laughs> what do I do?" Um, and that's why I think this series is important. Now, obviously, we're not gonna answer all the questions, but I thought it'd be nice to get some insight into the various helping professionals and some of my interviewees' specialization. So again, you know, you could have a mental health counselor that focuses on substance abuse. So you know their population will look a lot different than a social worker who focuses on perinatal care or a marriage and family counselor who focuses on group therapy within the home so yeah they vary they differ I think one thing that I did not touch on that I would like to touch on is the um, nice pretty letters that go at the end of these professions names so I kind of touched on it a little bit. Obviously, psychologists, psychiatrists are doctors. So, psychologists will have the PhD or the PsyD next to their name. Psychologists will have the same, but they may also add the letters MD. Counselors can have, well, counselors as far as, you know, mental health counselors can have an MS, so a masters in science or a masters in arts, or MA, or an MEd. So, that's a masters in education. Social workers typically have that DSW or MSW. DSW is doctorates in social work, MSW, masters in social work. Marriage and family therapists kind of fall along the same lines as mental health counselors. They typically will have an MS or MA in the back of their name. Obviously, if they're a doctor, they'll have that MD, PhD, or PsyD, or even an ED, so a doctor in education behind their name as well. Another helping profession that I talked about is psychiatric nurses. So they obviously have their RN in the back of their name. Just for takeaway purposes, I think it's important to just make note that psychiatrists typically are the only ones who prescribe medication. Again, this varies from state to state, but they provide medication and they, um, you know, look at the client in a holistic way, or at least they should be looking at the client in a holistic way. Figuring out the relationships between their psychological disorders and physical illness. Psychologists, they can do anything from clinical psychology, so focusing on assessments, treatments, and other preventative care for the the client. They can consult. They can do counseling, so they can focus on, um, you know, the presenting problems of the client and talk about any preventative measures, do therapy, and so forth. Psychologists can also administer tests, and assessments. Social workers, most social workers do case management, but that is not what they're limited to. They obviously provide counseling, they're heavy on advocacy, and they're also heavy on helping communities to provide, you know, helpful resources, various social services, and different ways to improve, you know, their client's health. Marriage and family therapists focus on relational and systematic orientation. Um, So, you know, looking at the family systems, relational systems as a whole. Clinical mental health counselors, you know, they diagnose. They also work on preventative care. They consult. They can't administer testing, but they obviously use any testing um, that was performed to help with any treatment planning. So yeah, (laughs) I hope that made sense to you all. I'm very excited to talk with the people, the interviewees that are gonna be coming up within the next couple of weeks. I know that they'll be providing some valuable, tangible information and Per usual, I just hope that, you know, you guys take away something from it. I just would like to really hone in on the fact that helping professionals are there to promote wellness. You know, they're supposed to look at a person in a holistic way, taking in consideration any cultural experiences traditions values etc taking into consideration one's environment their childhood the resources or the lack thereof and so I know there's a lot of negative connotations to some helping professions obviously when you start getting into political things when we start talking about marginalized groups so of course in any profession there's error there's room for growth during this this series i kind of wanted to just you know highlight the 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 good parts about helping professions you know and just kind of still promote counseling still promote seeking somebody creating a safe space I mean again I come from a Caribbean home so the thought of paying a stranger to listen to my family problems is just a no-no so I I completely understand apprehension people may have, you know, going to a counselor. But I think it's very important. Mental health is extremely important, especially when you're comparing it to physical health. You know, it's very hard to be physically healthy if you're not mentally healthy. And I think the two honestly work hand in hand. So I hope that in some way, shape, or form that message gets across in every episode that I come on here. And even if it's not going as deep into actually, you know going out to seek a counselor, just promoting wellness within the self. I think there's just so much going on in the world that we kind of forget to take care of us. We kind of take forget to sit back and see how our body is reacting, see why we got frustrated in a certain situation. Uh, so yeah y'all I just hope y'all enjoy the series I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far and I hope that you are taking away something because I sure am every time I record every time I do my research it's so enlightening and heartwarming so yeah all right guys thank you so much for staying tuned until the end I hope that this week's episode laid a foundation for what is yet to come. (laughs) So as you all know, we are at the point of the episode where I give a quote of the week. This week's quote is, if you focus on the hurt, you will continue to suffer. If you focus on the lessons, you will continue to grow. So keep that in mind as we're entering the new year. If there's something that you've been holding on for a while or for all of 2020, let it go. We're in 2021 or we're about to be in 2021 and any trials and tribulations that happen in 2020 is the past. Now, I'm not saying completely neglect it, but instead of just harboring those hurt feelings, see what lessons came from them and see how you can grow and learn from those mistakes so you know what not to do. Thank you, everyone, for joining and being a part of this journey. Please don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Also, feel free to email us with any recommendations and or topics that you want to hear in the future. Our email is shotsofserenity at gmail.com. It's spelled exactly the same way as it is on the podcast. S-H-O-T-S-O-F-S-E-R-E-N-I-T-Y at gmail.com. So, again, I'll see you guys next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Peace and blessings to you and your family. I hope that you guys have an amazing day.